Hey, Rally Cappers, welcome on back. We had a interesting weekend of sports without having any football back. Wasn't quite what we're used to for the last couple months, but hey, we're going to keep getting through it. We're going to keep talking about stuff. We've got more NFL offseason, which is good. I think we kind of have gravitated towards the NFL just because it is the uh, ultimate product as of right now. But what we got on today's list, we've got Daniel Berger winning Pebble Beach, Rangefinders in golf, couple golf topics. We've got MLB is coming back soon. They're about to get started with spring training. Not really hearing about that anywhere. So we got to talk about that a little bit. We've got some other storylines to get interested. We've got the Anthony Davis injury, a couple of NFL offseason rumors that we're going to talk about. And then we got our bullish and bearish segment. So let's get it started. Uh, I want to come back to football and then we're going to get into golf a little bit. Is, is it me or is just football like the greatest marketed, advertised, organized, and monetized sport by far? Yeah. I mean, the, the combination of only playing once a week, fantasy football, uh, I mean, it's pretty much just like a perfect storm at this at this point. For sure. Yeah, fantasy drives it too because you only have to set your lineup like one time. It all happens one day. Like with basketball right now, I know I promised you I wouldn't talk about this, but here we are. Fantasy basketball is very challenging for me. And I I am more of a fantasy football guy. I'm I'm a simple meat and potatoes dude. I like to set my lineup. It's very hard for me to uh figure out how to maximize my uh my fantasy basketball roster. Yeah, I don't know if you broke a mirror or like walked underneath a couple ladders or something, but you're uh you maybe you might need to get like a new rabbit's foot or a lucky coin, something to something to turn your luck around because your your team is snake bitten with injuries. Yeah, there half my starters are out, but that that's a conversation for another day. I do got, I did get the new goat shirt from from Barstool Sports, um, the Tom Brady goat where he's got the he's looking right at you says the goat right underneath and he's got all seven rings on. Beautiful shirt. I'll post Beautiful it on the Insta. Shirt. Yeah, this thing this thing is going going a long way with me. I'm gonna wear this all the time. Hi, I got a question for you. Was golf a little bit boring this weekend, even though it was Pebble Beach and the setting the scenery was beautiful? What what was your thoughts on this weekend? Yeah, uh Sunday was very anticlimactic, I think. Uh you had not, I mean, honestly, you didn't have hardly there with with them going to Riviera next week uh and then a lot of guys playing overseas last week a lot of players kind of opted out uh Spieth in the lead after 54 was electric we talked about that last week him him being I I like Spieth I don't I don't think I'm the biggest Spieth fan out there but him being in the hunt is good for golf but once he kind of fell fell back a little bit on Sunday and you had you know, a bunch of really good golfers, obviously Daniel Berger, he's won twice now since the restart. So he's a legit, he's a legit player. Um, yeah. He just doesn't have that name that pops. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, for golf, I mean, golf is what it is, right? This is what, this is why Tiger changed the game so much. When you have those huge stars at the top, people are going to tune in and stay locked in. And for you sure. know, Daniel Berger, just, he doesn't have the same appeal that a Brooks or a DJ or even a Justin Thomas would have. Yeah. Yeah. When you see like McNeely and like Knox and Tringale up there, you're like, man, I, I can't get into this, you know, like no matter how good they're actually shooting. Cause their scores, I mean, they, 
they're all shooting two to seven, six under almost yeah. like in every round. But yeah, it is hard to get up for. Um, you would think with Pebble Beach, none of the pros would want to miss it, miss this like this part of their uh, their little tour. You know, like I feel like this would be the perfect place to take the fam and spend a nice week and a half over there as long as you can and go for a nice little check at the end of it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I heard some people talking about how they might need to rework kind of this West Coast swing part of the the PGA schedule. Um, I think, too, maybe the weather, like the poor weather conditions uh, ah. deterred, deterred some of the players. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's are bad for – Are they supposed to be in Texas right now or uh, – They're – no, they're <laughs> back. <laughs> Seriously, right? Where do you want them to go? we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get into that for for sure but yeah i i mean it's not good for it's not good for golf when you don't have the game's top players playing at an iconic venue like pebble beach so um i don't know what they what they do to remedy that moving forward but definitely definitely kind of sucked i mean but for spieth though i mean is is spieth back is it are we full is he all the way back yeah, he had me scared after we just were trashing him again on Friday night. And then he's leading – or no, we, we talked on Saturday night. He was leading going into Sunday again after we had just said, like, ah, nah, he's, like, not going to do it. But luckily we were right again. It's pretty easy to pick, like, the field versus Spieth. So um, I I don't know if he's back or not. I, I still I, – I guess I need to see more, honestly. Back-to-back um, -back weeks. Tie, uh, top threes, Yeah leader after 54 holes too i mean that's that's impressive but yeah I'm, I'm with you i don't think i'm still not picking him at a major you know i need, no, to, I it's need as, to see it it's as close as back can be without being back yes well put yep so uh let's switch into uh bullish and bearish because we're gonna i'm gonna stay on the golf topic a little bit number one range finders i'm a big proponent of a range finder it will definitely help you out um playing golf not that i mean most of us obviously aren't good enough to like be like oh 166 instead of 159 or whatever and be able to hit that shot but i think it's good for the game it'll probably be able to speed up the game a little bit they're going to be able to get their their uh their distances their obstacles and get a little bit more aggressive too. I think they're going to start going for, if they know exactly where the pin's sitting and they've studied that green, they're going to be aiming for a spot on the green. Like the way that they think about like their, their targets and stuff is completely different than anyone that we know who plays is, you know, it's, yeah, it's a night sure. and day comparison of how they actually like aim and they're all, they're always going off their books. So they could be off by a few yards usually, but I think we're definitely going to see better scores and hopefully they can speed it up a little bit too. That'd be a little bit nice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if this positively impacts the pace of play, then, then that's good. And I think that's a good point you bring up about them being able to play aggressively. I mean, if this leads to them, you know, pin seeking and, and really taking some aggressive lines, that's, I think that's only good for people watching golf. Definitely. Yeah. That way we don't have to see DeChambeau like get his compass out and like, <laughs> do some voodoo with the grass and all, reline his stuff like 19 times. Like, dude, you know, the distance, you know, what you're going for go. Yeah, definitely. When he starts talking about humidity and like air yeah. pressure, that's it's uh, that that's a lot. That's a lot <laughs> <laughs> for sure. 
Um, okay, bullish. That was my bullish. And then I want to go bearish on wind for a couple reasons. Number one, when it's freezing and then you add wind on top of it, that is probably the worst feeling in the world. Um, I know I'm, I'm such a little baby about it, but uh, my, the first time I lived in Oklahoma City, I didn't have like pants that knew how to handle wind, basically, to put it, <laughs> to put it in like <laughs> the most layman terms I can. I, I walked out and it was like 20 mile an hour wind and about five degrees. And I, I don't know if my legs ever completely recovered from how cold that was. Uh, cause I had to walk like a pretty decent, decent way through, through my campus there. But that was, that was something else. I could not imagine what everyone else is going through. Um, do you have a terrible like wind, um, like story or scenario that you've ever had to go through just cause the wind was so bad? Wind. Um, let me think. I don't know that I have one specific one, but I will say, playing baseball as someone who wears contacts wind is not your friend because basically anytime it was windy you just can't see so hitting was always not fun with that um but yeah i I definitely agree with your bearish on the wind there's nothing i mean being outside like first thing in the morning when it's super cold and the wind is just telling that honestly might be my least favorite thing in the whole world yeah, that's probably I mean, the least motivating. Like, if you're trying to get yourself up to whether it's go to work or go work out or like do something productive, just getting blasted in the face by that freezing wind that that can turn your day around pretty quick. Yeah, I guess I guess one story I'll I'll tell real quick, and it, and it actually ties in good considering what's going on in Dallas right now. Um, when I was in college in Dallas, we had a we had a day. I think it was in the spring. It probably in January as we were getting ready for the season where it was a Saturday and we we're supposed to have practice. And I think the temperature was in the twenties. It wasn't even as cold as it is there now, but it was obviously really cold. And we get in like the pre-practice huddle and we're all, you know, everyone's got like beanies on and we're just all, we're all kind of not really doing our normal stuff. We're just all huddled and sitting there. And basically our coach, our coach was calling us soft for being, for being so cold. And, and where I lived, you could kind of see there was some, uh, some like apartment housing, like inside of the the baseball field where a lot of us lived. And he basically, I'll never forget. Our coach told us if we, if we want to be warm to just go back to our little huts on the Hill. And I really, uh, I, I really thought about taking him up on that. I was like, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, what type of practice right now it's 22 degrees. What, yeah. what, how are we going to get better? You're like, if so, someone joins me, I will go, I will leave yes. this fight. Yes. And so the best part of that is we had a coach shout out Jim Blair and this dude was, this dude was kind of a badass, but he was trying to get us fired up that it wasn't that cold. And he also was um, maybe missing a few, a couple screws loose uh, up top. And he had, he asked, he asked a player on our team to slap him in the face and the player slapped him like not, you know, just kind of a casual slap. And he goes, no, slap me hard. And this, this dude, M- Michael Smith, he pulls back and just slaps Coach Blair in the face as hard as he possibly can. And Blair just freaking wears it and is just like, all right, let's go. Oh, and my I, gosh. Dude, it was pretty it was pretty wild. So, sometimes, sometimes across my TikTok, I see those slap fights. Those look so intense. Dude, those are wild. Yeah, Absolutely so they wild. just club each other with their, with their hands. That's yeah, awesome. I, I am not a 
Uh, when the, when those big like Russian dudes are just slapping each other. Yes, exactly. And they like yes. fall back and they get caught. That's yeah. <laughs> hilarious. That has to be a guaranteed concussion. Oh, I feel like you, your teeth would fly out. Yes. For, like if you take sure. a nice like, I don't know what the bone is. You, you, you'd be able to help me with this, but we're, we're not doing video, but I would usually point to where it is. I think like that hand right there going against you, like the top of your cheek, like yes that's that's launch your tooth across your mouth type hit absolutely absolutely yeah those guys are they're i don't know man they're they're wild yeah i know we got a little sidetracked there but um also wind i'm bearish on that because the uh the texas energy crisis as of right now i think there's over four million people with blackouts and if you are living under a rock it's currently like 20 or Anywhere from like five to negative five degrees in Texas, not including like the wind chill and it's wet and cold and icy. It is absolutely crazy right now. And tons of people are losing their energy because going back to my point of wind, they switched a lot of their energy to, to wind turbines. And just to me, I I mean, I'm not smart enough to understand like the, the economics of politics and everything, but at some point someone should like, that should have been, maybe page three or four on the PowerPoint presentation of like why we're switching to wind, like having some sort of contingency plan saying, here's what happens when it gets sub zero, which it does almost every year. And maybe not every year. I let, let's say one out of every six years, which is still pretty big 16% of the time. Like when this stuff freezes over, what are we going to do? You know, yes. um, <laughs> to not be prepared for that is just, uh, it's just textbook, like 2021 and everything that we're going through right now, which is uh, some pretty crazy stuff. If if you're not uh, if you're not aware of everything that's happening in today's world, who you got on bullish? So for bullish, I'm gonna go kind of playing off you, Phoenix Winters right now. Uh, been getting some golf in the past couple of weeks. It's been about 70 degrees and yeah, it sunny. Was, it was cold today. It was 68. Yeah, very, uh, very cold day for us. Mild cloud cover as well. So, you know, 68 with partial, uh, partial clouds. I think there was probably some, uh, I think there were probably cumulus, if I had to say, maybe a little bit of stratus up a little bit higher. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you got you to gotta be bullish on that. This is definitely the time of year where I question why people would live somewhere that's like eight feet under snow right now. Oh, I cannot imagine. And then for bearish, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm bearish on, let's call it uh, culture, uh, the lack of just like mental toughness, basically just how soft we are as a society. Yeah, we have uh, no grit. Th- no grit, ex- exactly. Very, uh, very good there. Um, just, yeah, totally, totally no grit at all. And I think a perfect, perfect example of this, I think a lot of people have seen this story, but um if you guys haven't, the daughter of the original designer of the original Lombardi Trophy. Not the current uh, Lombardi Trophy. The current Lombardi Trophy. No, not the current. Right. The, the first version we said, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Her like, grandpa, like, designed the first one. Okay, okay. So, so yeah. So, she had an article where, basically, after Tom Brady, like, threw the Lombardi Trophy, she said that it was just a massive disrespect to her family and denigrated the, the, the work and the craftsmanship, blah, 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 a bunch of, a bunch of bullshit, honestly. And then she said she had a quote 
didn't sleep for two days because she was so upset about this. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm no psychologist and, and I don't know this woman, but if, if you lose sleep for two days over something that, that might've happened because they didn't break the trophy, they didn't lose the trophy. I mean, nothing happened to the trophy and it's not even, she didn't design the trophy that I think that really just sums up, uh, like you said, how little grit or just how, how soft we've become and how every little thing is a slight or an offense, right? I feel like people are just walking around looking for reasons to be offended or hurt or, or slighted. Uh, yes. So well, I've got, I've got two points for that. Yeah. Number one, we talked about it only weighs seven pounds. So not that this, again, not that this relates to her at all, but if you don't want people throwing this thing around and like, if you want it to just sit in a glass case forever, like make it over seven pounds, like seven pounds is the perfect weight for a world-class athlete to want to throw this from a boat to another boat. Like a little medicine ball. Yes. 100. Like this is just like warm up stuff. Like you got to make it ch- more challenging than that. If Absolutely. it were 40 pounds, then you'd, then you'd really be like, you'd be like, all right, this thing ain't leaving the ground. You know what I mean? But for sure. You, you guys, you guys walked right into that by making it seven pounds, like a super <laughs> tiny little trophy, number one. And then uh, what was my second one? Okay. So to actually like let someone record you saying this and get video <laughs> proof of you actually like saying this to someone that just shows your, your level of awareness is if, if there was a Madden scale rating, it would be like negative negative. 18 (laughs) yes there's no way you can you if you understand what the internet is that you would let this get onto the internet and not expect to get absolutely roasted for it yeah Uh this this was this was truly pretty terrible uh not a good not a good look for her um you know hopefully she takes this as a learning experience and is able to get better and um maybe uh you know develop just a little bit of mental toughness or and this is always a solid recommendation for me. You do a little melatonin, a little magnesium before you go to sleep. You'll sleep like a champ. Maybe that could help. Yeah. Or just like a glass of wine, like the average American, right? Yeah, there you go. The working man's uh, melatonin. <laughs> Nicely done. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's go into some NBA talk. Now that we've we've canceled the cancel culture. Glad we glad we got that off our plate. Let's, let's talk about... Um, we want to talk about Draymond a little bit and what he said, and then we're going to go to Anthony Davis and what is in store for the Lakers future. I think now might be a better time than ever to hammer that future. Cause they're still going to be there at the end of it guys, but let, we'll have, we'll have our, uh, our specialty doctor talk a little bit more about that, but let's talk about Draymond first time. Could you run us down? Um, what, what happened in your thoughts of it? Yeah, so basically after after the game last night, uh, Draymond Green was asked a question about playing with Steph Curry and how uh, you know he's kind of able to help Steph elevate his play. And then he answered that question by going on a two-minute rant about basically players needing to – his point was that players need to be quote-unquote treated better and shown some respect. So he was – very triggered by the fact that the Cleveland Cavaliers said that they weren't going to play. They were holding Andre Drummond out of games until they traded him. Uh, so Draymond compared that to James Harden dogging it and asking for a trade out of um, Houston. 
he compared it to Anthony Davis being fined for publicly saying that he wanted a trade um, from the Pelicans, which was uh, – the, the fine for that was, I believe it was like a tampering fine because he was say, he was referencing specifically going to LA. Uh, it wasn't just the fact that he, that he asked for a trade. Um, he also compared it to Kyrie Irving having his struggles with mental health. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know what the hell Draymond Green is talking about. And I, I love Draymond. I think like um, he's a great basketball player. I really respect how, how much of a competitor he is and how hard he plays. Uh, and I think a lot of times too, he, he does just, he shoots it straight, no bullshit, but what did he want them to do with Andre Drummond? I mean, isn't, yeah. So, I, so he was, he was also saying too, that he thinks it's ridiculous that the Cavs still expect Andre Drummond to quote, be a professional and quote, stay in shape. What I, can you help me understand this T Willie? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused. Yeah, I, I'm confused too. I wish the like instead of him just because the what he what's super unfair that he does is when he says all this stuff, he just goes, "All right, thanks guys," and walks off, and he doesn't right. answer. He doesn't answer any follow ups to it. Like the the first follow up question that we obviously have, like, dude, so what's your solution? What well, what are you proposing that owners do when they're trying to sell one of their assets for another asset to like rebuild their team? I, they're, they're, he doesn't talk at all about how they how this should be going you know like that that's my right. first question i mean the, the owners are the owners are doing andre drummond a favor the, him not playing is the best possible situation for andre drummond and he's getting and then to to his point about him basically basically saying it's ridiculous that these athletes still have to act professional and stay in shape andre drummond is still being paid He's being paid to do his job. His job is to be a professional and to handle his business as a professional, right? I mean, even if something happens at work for me and my boss is, is mad at me or we're looking to make a change or something like that, I can't just stop doing my job and expect to be paid or not right. treat patients or do do whatever. Like it's it's such a uh, – I, I feel like sometimes I understand that it's it's totally different and – for the average person and the average employee to compare themselves to an NBA player, it is different. It's not the same, but you're getting paid, right? You're, you're being paid to do a job. I, I, I don't, I, I, this was a, this was a bad take by Draymond. And I think there's a lot of situations where players are mistreated uh, and they're, they are held to a double standard, but this is, this is clearly not one of them. And I really didn't understand. Uh, I really didn't understand kind of what he was talking about. Right. Especially when we talk about the other side of the coin, like if you're the owner of a team that wants Andre Drummond, for example, if you're if you're Brooklyn and you haven't stopped anybody in three weeks now, like teams are just scoring at will against you, you would probably want this guy to be healthy and ready to go by not playing at this time. Like, right. What would what would the Brooklyn Nets owner want from Andre Drummond if they were saying like they've already seen him play? They know what he does. You don't need any more tape quote unquote on Andre Drummond right now. Like no, you know yeah. that you're gonna get a I don't want to call it meaningless because he's been on some bad teams over his career, but it feels like a meaningless 20 points and 15 rebounds a night. And it kind of goes like unappreciated. Um just because he's not on a team that wins ever. Like when he was in Detroit, now he's at Cleveland. He, he's on teams that you kind you're kind of getting those like garbage points essentially. Um yeah, for and sure. a lot of a lot of like 
rebounds that people aren't necessarily going for, you know, like that, those stack up pretty quickly at the end of games when there's a team down by 20 points and no one's going for rebounds anymore and just trying to bomb, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I don't understand. Draymond should have answered the question, uh, like should have been sitting there at least for another couple of minutes answering like, so how do you propose that this happens? Cause like if, if we're going to be like, if it's the like player empowerment era, like tell us how this should be going and why that makes sense, you know, right. otherwise I, I'm not understanding where he's coming from at all. Cause these are just and, two and- completely like general biases that you can't really like put into the same context. Yeah. I, I don't think he had any semblance of a coherent. I don't, I don't want to belabor the point, but I guess the best analogy for this is the players need to understand too. They have more power than they ever have before. And you've seen it over and over again. I mean, James Harden proved that you can, if you're good enough in the NBA, you can pretty much force your team. You can force your way to the situation that you want to be in. And I don't, and I don't think there's a problem with James Harden deciding he wants to go play in Brooklyn and do that. But the issue becomes if James Harden was to stay in Houston, he's not the owner of the team. He doesn't get to dictate the rules for that organization and how they're going to do anything. Maybe they give him, they delegate power to him, responsibility. They give him opportunities to do that. But if you're an employee of a company, you can't just say whatever you want, right? Or if you do, you're at risk of losing your job. If you're the owner of the company, you have the ability to walk in and dictate policy, right? You can kind of walk in and say like, okay, this is how we're doing it from this point forward. This is the vision for the company. Whether that's right or wrong, that's that's what you have as yeah, the whether, owner of the company. Whether right? the like employees it, agree or not. Exactly, exactly. And that's for Draymond. The reason why the Cavs can say that they're going to trade a guy and not have any issues is because they are the ownership group of the team. They are the one that create the contracts. They sign the players, right? So they're- <laughs> And the they players are, signed on the line, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. They're The Cavs' responsibility of their front office is to do what's best for their franchise. And if that involves trading Andre Drummond, which honestly, for Andre Drummond, he should be, he wants to get traded. He wants to get out of there. They got Jared Allen. They're, they're, the reason the Cavs are trading him is because they're not going to be playing Andre Drummond moving forward. So- this whole, like, I don't know if Draymond just didn't. I, I really don't know, but that was, uh, I don't, it, when, when players complain about stuff like that, I feel like it honestly sets the player empowerment air back because then legitimate gripes or concerns that they may have, people don't want to hear it because they're tired of the bullshit that, you know, Draymond was talking about last night. So uh, that was, I heard those quotes and I, I couldn't, uh, yeah, I just, I just didn't get it. For sure. Yeah. Not to, not to rip on him too much, but yeah, we got to, uh, we need some clarification from, from what he was trying to say there. Cause that didn't make a lot of sense to anybody, including, um, including I'm sure our listeners and, and other people that you can't just go out and spout off like that. Like what would, like, do you think even Drummond like reached out to him and was like, dude, I didn't ask you to do that for me. Like I'd, I would prefer to be sitting honestly, you know, like I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, yeah. I feel like maybe he should have. They should have run that by each other. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know what the inside scoop is, but I, I don't know. It's it seemed like it was very off the cuff by Draymond, and he just started yes. talking, and then he realized like he was going nowhere with it, and just walked off the walked off the stage. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't know uh, if that was just he. That may have just been an an impulse thing for for Draymond, where he got a little hot, hot under the collar, and 
I don't know. Win for it, I guess. Probably. All right, let's talk about Anthony Davis. We know he has um, – well, I'll let you say the technical term of it, but it is an Achilles injury. Uh, he's expected to be out three to four weeks right now. Not that the Lakers are, like, dying for him, but how does this affect them and their playoff outlook, Heim? And then give us, yeah. the, actual, give us the actual name of what he's got. Yeah, so basically they, they diagnosed him with uh, Achilles tendinosis. Uh, so tendinosis is basically a progression of tendinitis. So tendinitis, you get inflammation to the tendon. Basically, you rest it, you ice it, you do some light stretching. You just stop doing whatever's pissing it off. With the Achilles, that is usually running, sometimes jumping, uh, and then it's better. When you have a tendinosis or a tendinopathy, that's more a degenerative condition. So this means that he's been dealing with kind of chronic tendinitis. And at this point, the tendon has started to basically degenerate. So it loses, you can think of a normal healthy tendon as kind of a rubber band. And this is like a rubber band that you left kind of in the sun and it's got, it's kind of gotten brittle and it's not as elastic as it was before. So the issue with the issue for, with, with Achilles tendinosis specifically, and the issue for the Lakers moving forward is this is one of the most chronic injuries. There's a lot of research to show that once you have tendinosis, it never goes away. It just, it's just managed because parts of that tendon die off, which obviously if you're, if you make a living running and jumping, the Achilles tendon is like where a lot of the energy for that is, is comes from. So I think this is a serious issue. This is something that he's going to have to manage moving forward. Uh, And this is, this is the type of injury that can sap a player's athleticism for sure. So I would not be surprised if he misses more time than the three to four weeks. Uh, This can be a really, a real, basically when you had a, if you remember when Kawhi Leonard missed that whole year with the quad, tendinopathy tendinopathy and tendinosis are essentially the same thing so it's that it's that degenerative tendon uh so i think to answer your question achilles tendinosis i think he could be out longer than three to four weeks i think this could impact him moving forward and i think long term for his career you see what's happened with Kawhi leonard where there's days where he just does not look like he's himself and he's he's being load managed uh this 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 could be a concern for for uh ad moving forward definitely yeah, and not to uh, rub salt in his wound, but um, if we're going to be looking at the for, for what the rest of the season looks like for the Lakers, um, if you haven't put any, not to get directly into gambling, because that's where my mind just immediately went, but LeBron becomes the MVP favorite now, right? Like, I mean, he's going to be carrying his team for what looks like the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I think... Uh... If you haven't got your futures bet on LeBron to win MVP, I'm not really sure why you haven't. I, uh, I think you got to get some money on that. Yeah, you placed yours, right? I, I placed mine already too. Yeah, we're locked in. Yep. Um, I, I, uh, let's see what else we got here. Now that we're switching back over to NFL offseason. I know it's going to be a long one, but there's going to be stuff coming on all the time. It's just the beginning, just starting to heat up. Last week, we had a little bit of drama. Russ Wilson um, was quoted on the Dan Patrick show saying that, like, I'm really sick of being hit, which he has been hit a lot, uh, 394 times in nine seasons, which that's that's got to frustrate you. I, I mean, I think the only other guys that have been hit more is Stafford, right? I mean, I there's no one else that's even close to those kind of numbers. Yeah, that's a ton of hits to be taken. 
that, that's that's not including times he scrambled and taken hits beyond the line of scrimmage and been hurried and rushed and thrown to the ground. Like it's 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 in the thousands for sure. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy hearing those hearing those numbers, hearing those stats. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, but so apparently they're trying to work it out. They they have received a couple offers. They are people are calling basically asking if he's if he's available if they'll ex- like take some kind of uh some kind of offer for him but it looks like the Seahawks are shutting down some stuff but moving forward i think you've got to you've got to give him some kind of some kind of involvement in who the, who they're choosing for their line right cuz i mean at that point if you if you let him choose who he wants protecting him then there's there is literally no excuse if if they're not blocking for you you know um what would what would your thoughts be on that? Do you think he uh, should yeah, get I, some of some of that kind of talk, or should already? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know that you give him like veto power to make personnel decisions, but they should definitely ask him what they feel like his, the needs are specifically on the on the offense, like I, the offense as a whole, and then I would give him a list of players that they're looking at signing or trading for or whatever and ask him, you know, ask him his thoughts. Is there certain guys that he really would like to play for or, or, or uh, play with? I mean, that, that just seems, I, I'm at, to be honest, I'm surprised that that's not already going on there. Yeah. You would think, I mean, there's obviously we were just talking about the whole Draymond situation and not that again, that would be something that you would mix in here that would not, not be relative at all, but I, I do I do like what you're saying is you, you the quarterback especially when the, your entire team is built around him don't you want to hear his input and his thoughts in the first place like the fact that he even came out and said this that he doesn't have any input is is very strange uh, especially the, like Pete Carroll being the the players players coach that he is you think he would have let let Russ be involved in a lot more of this stuff right yeah absolutely this was. This whole thing is is weird to me. Russell Wilson never criticizes anybody or anything. All of a sudden, he comes out and national media criticizes this. It's weird that they wouldn't have had these discussions behind closed doors. It's weird that he doesn't have input. I, I, I'm i wondering if this is going to end up being – like if this is the beginning of cracks in the foundation or if there's if there's bigger issues that we that maybe we just don't know about because it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me why Russell Wilson would say this stuff. You think he would just have the discussion with like, even if he felt, if, if he does feel this way, that he would just go to the front office and tell him, be like, listen, I can't keep getting hit like this, blah, blah, blah. We need this, that. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's a weird situation for sure. Yeah, exactly. It would definitely be one of those things that Russ knowing who Russ is, he would go and communicate this before going on Dan Patrick and saying this to the world. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's definitely not a first first time this has been brought up in the room kind of thing, so that that's something to something to keep your eye on for sure. I mean, there's there's a ton of teams that I'm sure will be offering a lot for for a Russell Wilson on their team. Like, I mean, going through just a couple: Carolina, Washington, Miami should probably look into that heavily. Like, there's a ton of teams that have some capital that they'd be willing to sacrifice. So. I mean, I I wouldn't be super surprised if he actually did get dealt somewhere just because the way things escalate with like the internet and the whole world, how it is now, like things happen so much faster than, than we're like accustomed to remembering how they used to, you know, like when there would be talks and stuff and then it would take weeks or months or stuff to happen. Things happen so quickly now and so instantaneously 
I would not be surprised. And I'm saying that as a Cardinals fan, obviously I'm hoping that he does get dealt to the AFC or something, which would be very nice for the Cardinals. Absolutely. But yeah, look out for that. I mean, that's, that's going to be, that's not the last time that we talk about this during the off season for sure. Yeah. All right. I want to talk next on JJ Watt. Um, He's got a couple suitors, you know, like as soon as he came out uh, and did the video, which I thought again was well done. He, he got his message out there clearly. And I think a lot of, a lot of players are going to probably start doing something similar to this where they can get, get to control their own narrative, not having tweets or notes apps or stuff like that posted. Like if you're a stand-up dude, that's the best way to be completely upfront and uh, transparent about everything that you're doing. And, and he also did it in a good way that didn't burn any bridges with Houston. Like he was super thankful. He was able to thank the fans. I, I think what he did, you should see more often from, from players, but let's get into the market that he's that immediately popped up. And then the ones that we're finding out are a little bit more serious. So at first um, you had the Packers, the Bucks, the Steelers, obviously his brother wants to hook up with him and, and team up down, down in Pittsburgh. Uh, it turns out they have a bunch of salary cap issues and it would be very challenging for them to, to move around some certain pieces uh, I think that would mean getting rid of uh, possibly Bud Dupree, which is a very, very good player. I don't know if I don't know if the Steelers want to take that direction um, just for for JJ Watt where he is in his career. And then we've got the Packers, the Titans, the Bucks, and as of lately, the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins reached out to him, so there's a ton of there's a ton of different landing spots for him, and he does want to go to a contender and obviously get paid. But I think that getting paid will probably take a back seat to being a contender, right? Yeah, I think for him, he definitely he wants a chance to win that ring, right? I mean, he's made a ton of money. He's won what he's two or three time defensive player of the year. He's done everything there is to do in the game of football except for win. So if yeah, if I'm JJ Watt, I am looking at what situation is gonna get me the closest to winning a title. For sure. Yeah, I think it's that's either to me, in my opinion, that would be Green Bay. Obviously, uh, San Fran would be nuts if they got him added on their line, but I think they have too many linemen already. Um, and LA is strapped for they they don't have anything to offer as well um, as far as their cap and everything. But I, I think if he's gonna go ring chasing, it's either Green Bay or Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, no, both. I think both those places would be really attractive options for him. Yeah, so I think we're going to be hearing something about this in the next couple of weeks, which is, which is cool. I'm excited to uh, to hear what where he's going to go, and so, some of the stats that he's had. Like when you when you pull up JJ Watt stats, he has put up absolutely elite numbers throughout his career. And he's scored, like, as far as being a defensive weapon, like, you never really hear about defensive linemen being able to score touchdowns the way he did. He scored a lot of defensive touchdowns that – and he was actually part of a bunch of rebuilding teams, you know, that didn't have good defenses that he was still balling out on year after year. Yes, absolutely. I mean, J.J. Watt's the epitome of what it means to show excellence on and off the field. So whoever – Wherever he goes, he's going to be a force. I think he still has a lot left physically, but then also, too, just the presence of adding a guy like that to your team. 
um, I don't think that can be discounted either. Exactly. He'll help you uh, your first weekend of like the, the Saturday afternoon uh, wild card round. He's been in that game like nine times out of 10. So <laughs> yep, yep. that's, that's usually their last, their last playoff game of the year that, that early Saturday uh, wild card game, but he'll get you amped up for that thing. Cause he's been there thousands of times. It feels like. Yeah. All right, next, yeah. Next one. Last one we want to talk about for the NFL. We got Carson Wentz. There's, I, I got fooled by uh, – I was just scrolling Twitter and saw that he was traded for a first and fifth-round pick and Nick Foles uh, to Chicago, which in my actual, like, processing of it, other minus the first-round pick part, that's a great pick. That's a great trade for Chicago. But uh, do you think, do you think uh, Philly is just trying to, like – basically inflate their market for Carson Wentz by saying they're not getting enough. And they're, it seems like almost every week they, they throw out another teaser saying like, Oh, we're still interested, but not getting quite what we want, you know, like trying to get these other owners interested. Philly's such a bad organization that it wouldn't surprise me if their whole strategy for this was to pay parody accounts to tweet fake (laughs) trade offers to try to drive the trade market. Like I, I would not, I honestly would be not, not surprised if that was an idea on a whiteboard at a meeting at the Eagles facility, like the Bloomberg presidential campaign where he spent like, yes, copious exactly. amounts of money on stuff. And you're like, still no one had ever heard of him, even though he was like flooding every single person's Instagram and Facebook yeah. with, with ads. Exactly. exactly. Great analogy. Yes. <laughs> yeah that that's that's perfect philly like just drawing it up on their on their whiteboard and you think do you think philly goes whiteboard or chalkboard i mean probably chalkboard yeah and they, it's all dusty and shit and they got yeah, like probably chalk clouds of smoke going everywhere yes some guys like you know what might be a good idea like oh yeah okay sure yeah let's do that Accidentally, accidentally wipes his cheese steak fingers on the board, and they have to like not use not use that part of the board anymore. Yeah, it's just wrecked. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're brutal. I picture them having a lot of guys there that have a hard time like working computers. You know, yeah. like they've all got they've got laptops in front of them, but like a bunch of old dudes are just like, "Damn laptop won't work." You I know? can't log into my email here. Yeah, what's my password again? Yeah, Super Bowl one two three exclamation. Uh, Philly special. <laughs> uh, I don't know where we're going with that, but that was good. <laughs> Basically, the Eagles organization is a joke. That's that's where we're going with it. Yeah, they're if they if they get a first round pick, I'd be shocked. I would say excellent trade because he is not not worth it. So ooh, let's let's get into a debate here. There was also a rumor that uh, Derek Carr might have played his last game in Oakland. If you're a team in in need of a quarterback right now, and Derek those are your, your two final options, no doubt Derek Carr. Yeah, I think. I mean, I guess it depends on yeah. what the oh, situation's yeah, like. What's that? I said it's one of those things that you. I immediately went to Derek Carr right away too, and then I was just like, actually. Yeah, I, I I still think I'm leaning on Carr, but yeah, those are. I mean, it depends on where your team's at. If you need upside and you need, 
like if you're just a if you're just a team that hasn't had a quarterback for a long time and you're looking to stabilize the franchise and just have someone that's a consistent starter, then I think Derek Carr is the guy for sure. But so I think we about, all kind let's of talk, let's put um, Washington in this in this scenario because they're kind of that team that Derek Carr. They've built everything except for the quarterback position. Yeah, you got to go Derek Carr, right? Derek Carr, yeah, hundred hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. He's he's almost a good comparison to Alex Smith in that in that sense, where yes. he's not gonna not gonna turn the ball over and he'll move you down the field and he's gonna have one or two games a year where he actually does win it for you. But all you have to do is keep the ship straight and let him stand there and hold the wheel, basically. Yes. Not that, that's actually, anything. You got you got autopilot on in the background, but he's just standing there acting like the uh, the captain of the ship. Have you heard any rumors about Washington this offseason in terms of the what, what are they going to do at quarterback? Because I haven't heard anything really about. That. I don't know. Yeah, I I'm interested to see what they do because they were they were like that team that you can tell they're one position away from being really really good. So right. they they should be the most active team in all this stuff. But I I have not heard anything honestly. We might have to uh, dive into some regional regional Google searches here and and see what, what Washington's up to or if Dan Snyder's still on vacation, which is completely entirely possible. Yeah, he's probably just hanging out on a yacht somewhere. Yeah, he's in like he's like in like uh Mykonos, just chilling hard. Sure. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's gonna wrap it up here for episode twenty. Uh we hit up a little bit of golf, NFL offseason rumors, uh, got on some rants about the NBA. We're going to be getting out another episode later this week. Look for that. We're going to have NBA power rankings. We'll address any uh, any new developments with uh, the football offseason. And then I think we're going to talk a little bit of spring training, kind of flying under the radar. But as of now, baseball season is scheduled to start April 1st. There's no delays. So uh, look for that later this week. As always, if you would share the pod with us, that helps us a ton. If you would subscribe and leave us a review, that helps us a ton as well. And keep those rally caps on. Yep. Episode 20, little baby milestone for us. So thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. Yeah, let everyone know, man. Like these guys, these guys are rolling now. They're they're in their 20s. They're they're moving right along. And uh, we, we appreciate everything, everything you guys do for us. And we'll be we'll be back at the end of this week.